The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Welcome back to part three. Thank you so much again to Jim for jumping on for part two in the State League uh, rap. And to Chris. Oh, and to Chris as well, who we're hoping is going to have some time for us in a second, but we're going to teleport back in time. Don't worry about that curtain again. Um, Josh is still here. Tommy's still here. Kalichi's still here. I'm still here. And it is time to dive in to the men's MPL. And if you're going to dive into a feast, this relegation feast is one for the ages. But before we get onto that, uh, Tommy, you were up at the Red Star Glory on the weekend. Uh, I've tuned in a little bit early because I like to settle in when I'm ready to hear your voice and, and checked out the under-20s. And, and I also thought I'll check out check in on a uh, friend of the pod, Mark Scanlon, who, who obviously came on last week, we had a good chat with, and, um, and did I such saw, a good job talking about developing players and the talking, attitudes, and also talking about how much he loves uh, Robbie Redstar and how grumpy Robbie Redstar is. And so I thought, geez, it's strange that he's got Robbie Redstar running the touchline for him. He was he was he was out there as as the head coach. And I was just wondering where Mark was, and then Kalichi uh, hit the button because. <laughs> He was a very naughty boy, Kalichi. What happened? What happened, Mark? Friend of the pod. Look, we don't want to dig you out. No, we do want to dig you out because you're a friend of the pod. But he got a little bit grumpy, didn't he? And uh, especially after throwing Robbie under, saying Robbie's the grumpiest man in, he is, uh, in he football. Is. I think Mark showed a little bit of his grumpiness on the weekend. If you get a chance, get onto streamer, get to uh, 20 minutes and four seconds in. And you get to watch this along with us. But basically what happens is uh, there is a bit of a skirmish on the on the left-hand sideline where the two players are contesting for the ball and the red star player kind of like dinks the ball past the other player. There's a coming of legs. The glory player falls on the ground. The red star player's uh, progressing forward. It's got a, he's just got the fullback and he's about to play a little outside pass and the referee brings it back for a free kick to glory. It's one of those ones where because the, the Red Star player's got the ball and then the defenders come across to sort of get in front of him and then had his heels clipped, you're sort of like, well, you've initiated the contact, so probably not a free kick, but you probably just get on with it. Yeah, yeah. You have a winch, maybe. You have a moan. You, you, you tell the ref and ask him how his father is, um, and then you leave it there. Mm. But that's not what happened, Sean. Do I don't know what happened? Uh, no, because he asked him how his father was, and that's what got him the first yellow card. So he asked him what, how his father was, and the referee said, my father's great. And then he turned around and gave him a wave. It's a petulant wave. It's almost like a jazz hand, but with a little flick at the end. And the referee didn't like that. Maybe a little uh, kick of the water bottle there as well. No, no, not yet, Sean. No? no, not yet. Okay. So, so he gives him the how's your father and, and, the, and, and the wave. The referee comes in and says, mate, calm down. Dad's doing great. 
Mum's doing great, but here's a yellow card for your troubles. And you, you'd think that he'd stop there, but he doesn't stop there, Sean. Mark, no. Mark, you've got to stop there. No, he continues, Sean. You've got to stop there. And he's, and he's saying things as well. And he's still he's saying things. He's continuing. The referee, uh, August, I think his name is. Uh, he also refereed our game on, 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 on Sunday. Um, and uh, he's, he's, he's writing down in his book. And um, you, the camera kind of zooms into Mark. And you don't need to be a lip reader to know exactly what he says. But then he um, makes this gesture. And you can see that he's kicked something. It turns out he's kicked his water bottle. The referee didn't like that bit. Kicked the water bottle. Was that violent conduct? Josh... I think on the water bottle. On the poor water bottle. I think he said all, he just wants a flipping coke. Maybe that's what he was saying. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But uh, but 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 you know, apparently for Mark, he thought, look, that's probably the best touch of my life with the outside of the foot. <laughs> <laughs> best touch of my life outside of the foot. Referee didn't appreciate it. Gives him a second yellow and a red card. Sends him off. The PFP curse works in mysterious oh, ways. It, it does. It does. But the best thing about that is. Like and I, again, I've been in this situation before, where you've been sent off. You think you've been sent off unjustly, and then he just loses his mind and he just starts calling him all sorts of things as he's as he's walking off the pitch. So, so he's just it, decided it, there's nothing to lose. Well, I mean, I've got to just keep swearing at him. Sure. So, so is Mark the is Mark now the grumpiest man at Red Star? Is Mark the leader, the terrorist, or oh the... <laughs> no, you can't use a man's own words against him. No, we do love you, Mark. We've all had a had a rush of blood to the head, but it was it was humorous to watch. Yeah. So we uh, we thought we'd. Have to mention that. Um, Hilarious. But uh, we, we mentioned Jim had his abacus out uh, to figure out all the permutations down in State League. Now, Tommy has been like the, he, if you think of the It's Always Sunny uh, Pepe Silvia meme with all the red string and all the newspaper articles glued up on the wall and the conspiracy theorist stuff. That's what Tommy's uh, room bedroom is like at home at the moment. It's just got... Uh, Point to string, run it from one to... What, what can possibly happen on this final week? And there are... A few teams that can go down, but for some, we were just looking at this uh, before, Kalichi and I, um, that there's a lot of things that need to go right or, or wrong, for, for example, for glory to go down. Um, but you've been crunching the numbers. You've been looking at all these teams and trying to figure out exactly who can finish where and how. Um, so let's dive straight into that, shall we, for this juicy backs-to-the-wall relegation scrap for the ages. Well, let's actually start at the top, Sean, because the permutations are a little bit more straightforward. Yep. Um, let's get those out of the way first. So Red Star, likely champions. We know they're going to 99.99% chance likely. of win the yeah. league. Um, they need to avoid defeat to Kingsway. And should they lose, um, there needs to be a 21-goal swing in the goal difference. So More likely that they go down via some sort of points deduction uh, for some shoddy bookkeeping that we haven't heard about yet than actually It would be the greatest that. comeback since Lazarus. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, not, touch, I'm not, not touching that with the barge pole. Um, so Sterling, um, next one's down 37 points. They're pretty much guaranteed second place, obviously, unless that freak result happens we mentioned before. So a double chance in the top four cup locked in for them. And then Kingsway third, 33 points, definitely in the top four cup. Uh, whether they will host or travel for the minor semifinal is the only real factor. But a win against Red Star in the final round, and that guarantees them a home final. Uh, and I think for the, the the likelihood of them progressing in that cup, um, as we've said many times, that the home final might not, might not make that much of a difference. But if you're Olympic Kingsway, that club, they're going to want a home final, aren't they? They're, they're, they're just, just for the occasion, they, they would absolutely relish that. First first season back in the big time to have a home top four cup final so it would be sensational. And I want, you I want Kingsway to get it so that we can get the roles. Absolutely. And oh, could you imagine if... Please. Let's not look too can far Can you ahead. get me one this time? 
Let's not look too far You're ahead. Busy. But could you imagine if Kingsway finished third and one and Sterling lost in the major semifinal, we would have a Kingsway Sterling bumper game under the lights. Rematch under the lights. Oh. We'll get to that later. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Whatever the matchups are going to be, they, they are going to be absolutely fascinating. There is only one top four spot up for grabs, uh, and there are technically three teams still in the running for this one. Tommy, is that right? They are. Absolutely. There's three teams in it. So um, Perth are on 32 at the moment. Um, a win or draw with Bayswater, who are in six on the final day. We'll see them finished in the top four, definitely. Maybe third, depending on Kingsway's results. Um, below them, you've got Armadale and Bayswater, who are the only two that are a real chance of making the top four. So Bayswater are playing Perth, so we'll touch on them first. They're sixth. Um, they must beat Perth by four goals and hope Armadale drop points to Sorrento. I've seen weirder things happen in the NPL this season. Let's put it that way. So it's, it's not done yet for Bayswater, but they would also then need Armadale to get an early goal. Now, mm. now, from Armadale's perspective, um, they've actually got a better goal difference than Perth and they've scored more goals than Perth or Bayswater. So they would only need a three-goal swing on Perth and the goal difference Their, their goal difference on there is saying they're on negative one and Perth's on plus two. That's three. Yeah, but you said they had a better goal difference than Perth. Oh, did I? I meant goals scored, sorry. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they no, would only need a three-goal Goal. Sorry, that's that's me. If no, no that's all good. So the so they yeah so they have scored more goals. So they would need to level the goal difference, and it's only a three a difference of three. They would also need Bayswater to beat Perth by not eight goal, uh, not seven, not eight goals. Sorry, yeah, or four goals. <laughs> oh yeah, because then Bayswater. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Now we're getting into the real yeah. the real red string silly stuff. Um, so unlikely, but possible. For Armadale and Bayswater to pit Perth for that fourth spot, and I'd say more possible for for Armadale because I, you could easily envisage a situation where perhaps Bayswater were to win two one, and then Armadale were to maybe win three nil, and that would be um, very plausible. A lot more plausible than some of the permutations we're about to run through in the bottom oh, half. Oh, absolutely, sure. or, or for the for the title. But um, yeah, Armadale playing Sorrento. That's going to be uh, Kalichi's already tipped that as a goal fest for the ages. He just thinks it's going to be raining goals uh, up there in the. Uh, the windy part of the city. Um, shall we dive into it? The bottom I, two? I think we should. Oh, the bottom let's two, or, or do we start a little bit higher than that? Well, well, it's the bottom two permutations. Who can finish in the bottom two and how do they do that? So I've divided this into three categories. Um, can we just say a massive thank you to Tommy? Yes. <laughs> this would have taken some serious amount of time to get this all sorted out. But Tommy... Just loves football. Yeah. Absolutely loves football. Did you do this on Sunday day, Sunday night, Monday? Did you do it at work? I don't want to get you fired, but when did you find the time to do this, Tommy? A little bit last night, a little bit this morning in preparation for today. And obviously, I'm probably going to need it for the weekend anyway, so... Some of these teams have like eight or nine like different sort of routes, like different sliding doors they can they can go through. So it's a pretty impressive achievement, Tommy. It, it is, yeah, and um, it just goes to show the crazy nature of the season. We're going to get to it in a second, but Balcatter have doubled their points tally from last year, and they're not safe, and I think Coburn have betted theirs by three, so it really is wild. It's, it's funny because you say, like, should we not start further up? Um, but Bayswater City, who we just mentioned are the last, the lowest-ranked team that still have a shot at the top four, the team one spot behind them, Perth Glory, are still technically in the relegation spot. So it's one spot between a team who are still playing for top four and one that's still playing for relegation on the final day of the season. Have that if you don't think this is the tightest NPL season of all time. But 
what would it take for the glory to? Oh, sorry, you go back to your groups. I don't want to mess with your system. Sorry, mate. So, so I've kind of put Perth Glory and Sorrento in their own category. They're on twenty-seven points at the moment. Now, neither of those teams can finish bottom because only one of Coburn or Balcata can win. So checks out. So they so they can't finish twelfth, but they can both finish eleventh. So. Um, the, the situation, though, is they would have to both lose. So a draw would, in all likelihood, keep Sorrento and Glory safe um, of, of finishing 11th or 12th. Um, if they lose, though, then they open the door. And, and what essentially it's, happens... It's a good thing they're not playing each other or we'd have another uh, disgrace of Gijon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we touched on that a little bit in the... Uh, <laughs> we'll touch on it more, please. We'll so many accusations getting thrown around this podcast. But, but essentially, if the Glory lose, then Sorrento, Inglewood... Balcada or Coburn and Florida would all have to win for them to finish 11th. And by the same token, Sorrento, if they lose, Inglewood, Balcada slash Coburn and Florida would all have to win unless Florida hammer the glory and they drop below um, and glory drop below Sorrento and so, Gold. So, so essentially they need a Balcada to go down. They would need a Balcada win. What to finish eleventh? To finish eleventh, yeah. To have a possibility of going down, all of the teams below them would have to win. So Sorrento, Inglewood, uh, sorry, Inglewood and Balcatter would both have to win, and Florida as well. Yeah, but but Florida are playing the Glory in the final round. So mm. yep. yep, yep, yep. Okay, well, fair enough. So that's that too. The glory and Sorrento, all but safe, yep. but not. Yeah, with with a with a with a, with set a chance of, of playing playing a promotion with game. a set of four results going the wrong way for them, uh, they could possibly finish in the relegation uh, playoff place, and then they would still have a chance of staying up. So but they can't finish bottom those two, no, definitely yep, not. Yep, absolutely. Uh, then then you've next got group. Then you've got Inglewood, who Josh corrected me today on my calculations, but they are a ninety nine point nine 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 percent chance of not finishing twelfth. Um, they would need an extraordinary set of results to finish twelfth. Give us that extraordinary set of results. So for Inglewood to finish 12th, I'm just getting my right page up. I can can give you the first one. Uh, Well, no, Coburn would have to win. The the only chance of Inglewood finishing bottom is if they lose to Sterling, Coburn win, there's a six-goal swing with Balcatter on the goal difference, and Florio also avoids defeat to glory. Mm. And the six-goal win doesn't necessarily have to be a six-goal win, like a swing. A swing, not, not a win, a swing. Yeah, so, but they could lose 2-0. Yeah, and Balcata could win 3-0. 1-0. Yeah. 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 So, the, I mean, stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. And they're playing a Sterling team with nothing really to play for. Yeah, we, we'll, but we'll go the, into that as well. The but. interesting thing about the, the, the talk about the huge goal swings is you had another stat um, from last week, and I think, it's, I think it's something that Sean and I mentioned about, in the in the off the line the podcast goals. about the total goals that were scored last week. What happened last week in terms of the goal score, Tommy? Well, it was the lowest scoring round of the whole season. Only nine goals were scored in the six matches. Squeaky, nine goals in six games. Squeaky bum time. Shot. One and a half goals a game. That's normally like one Perth Glory game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, quite often do or an Armadale game. How many times have we seen nine goals in a game this season? Probably a couple. Just on Josh's point, 60 goals in the 10 Lark Hill games this year. Prior to me going down, and wouldn't you know it, I got the goals. <laughs> yeah, oh, Tom, okay. Tommy actually doesn't think a lot of goals have been scored in the NPL this season because every game he Tommy goes, like a nil-nil draw. Tommy. He looks at the table, he's like, what the hell is going on? So, okay, so then, so we've that, that's Inglewood. 
now we're getting into the, the the real depths of the table. Balcata and Florida, the other two teams on 26 points. What do they have to do to stay up? Well, let's address Florida first because Balcata and Coburn are playing each other. So, oh. so from a Florida perspective, so the, this, this is a bit of a list here, so just bear with me. Um, they're playing at home to the glory. Now, if Coburn failed to win at Balcata, um, then Floriot can't be automatically relegated, regardless of what they do against Glory. Yep. <laughs> a draw will keep Floriot safe from automatic relegation, given one of only Coburn and Balcata can win. Well, what if Coburn win by 12 goals? Then Floriot will go above Balcata on points. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, well done. Um, a draw... <laughs> A draw with, sorry, a draw with Glory will help them avoid finishing eleventh, and they'll finish tenth on goal difference if Coburn beat Balcata because of Coburn's about goal difference. So if Florit draw and Coburn do win, then they're probably going to be safe because yeah. they'll go above Florit and Coburn can't catch them on goal difference. Which which club president do you think is most likely to? start running up and down the sidelines saying you SOBs need to score a goal because Coburn scored and and now it's con. It's definitely con, right? Like he's most likely to be running up and down the touchline be like, we need a goal, boys. Oh, honestly, Matt, he is going to be kicking everybody, every even more than he was on the last game last oh season. I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to wager. Now the bad stuff for Floriot. So a draw with glory and wins for Balcatta, Inglewood and Sorrento would see Floriot definitely finish 11th. A, loss a, a for draw for who, sorry? A draw for Inglewood. A draw with glory for Floriot. Yep. And wins for Balcatta, Inglewood, and Sorrento would see Floriot finish 11th. Um, a loss I think for even a draw for Balcatta would have them level on points, and then Balcatta would still be ahead on goals scored. Yeah, that's another a layer, but that, yeah, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of layers. Um, but a loss for Floriot would see them guaranteed to finish in the bottom two places to glory. So... Um, that's that's a pretty um, well, it, pretty big incentive, and then the other thing is, is a loss for Florit combined with Coburn winning would see them finish would see them finish twelfth. I'm just looking at if if Floriot, oh yeah, no, I'm I'm just going to trust you because you've got it all down on uh, on a, on a on a word document. So I yeah, my he's, my he's, head, he's uh, spent time calculating the short term. So Coburn, well, what what, what is what do my cockerels need? Tell me how are they how are they staying up? So Coburn's equation is pretty simple. They're in the must-win category um, where they, they have to take three points. There's no other alternative for them really to a- avoid the drop. Um, yep. So if they win, obviously they go a point ahead of Balcatta. Yeah. Um, we have mentioned this a few times and haven't actually pulled up the stats, but we were thinking Coburn got 21 points last season. They've got 20 they got 22. They already have 24 this season. So the fact that the bottom place team, who were you know survived pretty comfortably um, last season, are now going down. They've got well, looking like they've a real chance of going down with a game to play and the potential of finishing on 27 points when they yeah stayed up with 22 last year. And we all we all threw dirt on them at the at the. Yeah, we all threw, well, most of us threw dirt on them and, and Balcata at the start of the nights, at the end of the night series this year. And yeah, it, it hasn't been that way. It hasn't been that way. They've been super competitive in, in the vast majority of their games. They are still two out of the bottom three teams. So can I, can I give, say we were wrong. Can I give you some hope for Coburn, Sean? Can I give you Please, some positivity? I have a lot of hope for Coburn because, but as we've said many, many times, Balcata are the worst home team in the league. And thankfully, they are playing. I said this to, um, to, to Heidi Lazaro on the. On the weekend, um, I was down at a remembrance for Harry O'Brien's uh, granddad um, and said to her, this is where you want to be. If you want any game in the league right now, you you 
pointed out the team winless was, in eight. Yeah, that the form lines for they are the two worst teams in the last five games, the last ten games. Coburn, I think, are the the worst form team of the last fifteen games. So they are the two underperforming teams um, in the league, and and a huge reason for that is Balcatta's home form. So Coburn wants to be if if you could pick a final day fixture, and you were a, a, a cockerel you'd be picking Balcatter away. It would be right up there. And the hope for Coburn is is if they if they avoid to, for them to avoid 11th and finish completely safe in the league, Coburn must win and then hope Floriot or Inglewood lose because that would mean they would overtake Balcatter and one of those losing teams. So Coburn would need to take 3 points themselves and then they would need either Inglewood or Floriot to lose. But but just a win at least guarantees them that they'll be in the playoffs. In the 11th. Right, rather yes. than they, they, they'll avoid automatic relegation with a win. So they know they've just got to get a, go out there and do that. Do we Gosh. have the they have the home and away tables on there, don't they? They sure do. You want to see them? Yeah, yeah. I want, I want, to, see, I want to see this Balcatta stat. Oh. So Balcatta have played 10 games at home. Oh. They have won one. And that was against Inglewood, who were bottom at the time, 4 They have won one game at home. Uh, Coburn... Away um, isn't isn't that much better though, but it is well, it is significantly it's, better. It's, it's half their hundred percent better. It's, <laughs> it's half of their points. They, they have three hundred percent. They they have got three wins from their ten away games. Um, Balcatter away much much. It's better. not three hundred percent better. You're just not counting the draws. It's well, twice as many points. Well, in te- well, okay, two hundred percent better in terms of points. Three hundred percent better in terms of wins. Is that good for you, Josh? That's better. Are I you know you don't think draws happen. But, okay. but, but out of the 26 points that Balcatta <laughs> have gotten this season, they've got 20 on the road. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll run through Balcatta because they're the last team on my list. So Balcatta, obviously at home to Coburn. They need to avoid defeat against Coburn to be safe from automatic relegation. We know that. If they draw against Coburn, they will need one of Sorrento, Inglewood or Floriot to lose to then avoid 11th or 12th. So they'll be completely safe if they draw and one of Sorrento, Inglewood, or Floriot lose. If Balcatta lose, they are all but guaranteed to finish in the bottom two. Um, If they lose to Coburn and Floriot beat Glory, Balcatta will automatically be relegated unless Inglewood have an unlikely five-goal swing in their game with Sterling. I I think the the exciting... We've lost our listeners. The exciting one there is Balcatta. If Balcatta and Floriot both lose, uh, they are level on goal difference at the moment. So the automatic relegation spot will go to the team that loses by less. Uh, And if... Uh, if they lose by the same amount, Balcata will stay out of the automatic relegation spot on goals four. It is oh, I, the goal! I'm never going to be more excited. Unfortunately, as I've said before, um, and not unfortunately, I love going down and seeing the the juniors games. But the junior boys cup finals are on this same day. My day is going to finish at five o'clock, so I'm going to have definitely the flash score up. I'm going to be having my WhatsApp group just pinging off its head with you guys all sending messages about what's going on in the permutations. But you can I, listen to me on streamer at Grindleford Reserve, Sean. I'll be I, at that game. I'll have to get a secret headphone in there because I, I want to at least pretend I'm. Paying attention to the action, but yeah, I, I even just following the scores on uh, online, I'm I can't I'd, wait for this. I'd love oh, you Floriot, to be- Floriot could sorry, just just on you were saying that. I mean, Floriot could be like three goals down against Glory, and like going hell for leather just to get that one goal at the end. <laughs> and Glory can be defending that they can send ten men back and defend like absolute nutters just to be bastards and stop them from getting the it. Glory sending ten men back to defend. Not happening. It's all yeah, about so. game situations, Sean. You got to learn game situations when you're a developing player. I should add that we will just that we'll double check 
what I've put out here and we will try and put it on a graphic and we'll try and put it on the Perth Football Podcast socials. So, so those of you can... Or if you're listening, you know what to do. So yeah. that you can poke fun at it or pick me out, pick me apart and um, tell me I'm wrong because that would be very helpful because I'm commentating on Saturday. No so one is going to... All the dig, information is needed. No one is going to dig deeper into the numbers than you have already, Tommy, I don't think. But yeah, what a final weekend it's going to be. As I said, we don't have a title race down the final day, but boy, we've got the best relegation race I've seen in a long time. And uh, like, also, if you end up in that promotion relegation spot, right? Like, like let's say you lose in the final game to get into that spot, you've then got to pick yourself up. Um, against, Fremantle or Dinella, yeah, or <sighs> yeah. or, or Joondalup, and and now you're playing against these these teams home and away. And they would love nothing more than to turn you over. And you've got all the pressure on you as yep. the bigger quote-unquote club. Oh, I'd so, hate so to we, be that we, We've outlined a lot of it. We haven't actually outlined exactly how these playoff relegation spots work, Tommy. So for those that don't know, 12th place goes down automatically. Yep. And 11th goes into a relegation playoffs. How does that relegation playoffs work? So 11th will play the fourth place team of Division 1. Over two legs, home and away. Second and third of Division One will also play each other over two legs. The winners of those two games will play in a one-off final at the State Football Centre. So the, so the NPL team will have to get through two legs uh, against a, the Division One team and then also win that. So it's, they, it's not a spot you want to be and, in. And there is a world in which um, the NPL team who finishes 11th might not get through the team that finishes Absolutely. fourth. And then yep. you could have, hypothetically, Joondalup United versus... Mandra or Joondalup United versus Fremantle City in, in that final for a place in the NPL, which would be quite something. Are those games played in the same week? So it'll be Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, or will it be Saturday, Saturday, and I'm, then... I'm actually not sure that's down... I think that's partly down to scheduling. Will so. it be on the same night as the top four finals? I hope so, because that would be amazing. But yeah, I'm sure it, Football if, West will yeah. confirm the scheduling for if, that in if, due course. If, if that is the case, because again, the top four finals, if it works anything like it worked last year, which... I did not appreciate because it was play a game on the Saturday. The losing team had to then follow up and play midweek and then play the, the grand final on the, the, the following week. Well, I suppose the other fascinating aspect as well to this is if Floriot do finish in 11th or Inglewood for that matter, both of those teams are playing in the state cup final the week after this season, the season ends. So um, there's going to be a week off in between this game and the promotion. Like, you could get relegated and then talk, play the cup final. You talk about picking yourself up after a sucker punch. <laughs> well, what would you Imagine prioritize? Going, going, would you prioritize the cup final or the relegation playoff? You relegation, staying in the league. That's, that's the yeah. interesting situation that, that could, could Yeah, but if you happen. do get relegated, then you have to go and play that cup final. It's going to be a... <laughs> It's going to be an interesting. It's the, it's the reverse. You're talking, you're talking about some teams that have not seen the second division for a very, very long time. I think it's 40 years for Floriot. I think Floriot was like the mid 1970s. Yeah, almost that's, 50 that's, years. That's yeah, crazy. almost 50. So 40 something years. Yeah, very good, Kalichi. Uh, tell me, how long has it been since uh, Balcata weren't in the league? I think they came up in like 2010, didn't they? On the Mauro. How long until since Sorrento's been out of the league? Since Jamie Hunt was born. We're just testing. A long time, longer than that, I think, at least the 80s. It was late 80s, I think. 80s. Yeah, so uh, some, a big a big name is potentially going down this season. Inglewood similar, I think, yeah. yeah. From, the, from the weekend games, was there anything that we could talk about? Just going back, obviously we've done the permutations. But... I, think, I think we finish on the uh, disgrace of uh, Gijon. And, uh, Before we do that, big shout out to Armadale, who um, 
two wins back to back. Vernon's, of course, has joined. Alan Vernon's, of course, has joined the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent him a couple of messages trying to figure out what's been the the big difference, and he's basically said, "Look, we've just rolled up our sleeves and just yeah. really, really fought and fought and had and um and scrapped for games." Um, and also, big shout out to um to Wacko Jack or Chris Jackson. We didn't mention it, but he got goal of the week last week with a lovely little penenka. Oh, was penalty delicious. as well. It was absolutely mm. lovely. And big shout out also to David Keenan, the Kingsway goalkeeper. So he saved two penalties at the weekend in the space of three minutes from Dean Cummings and Gustavo Marilanda. Um, and that means he saved four penalties in four rounds um, because he saved one from David Araya in the game you saw at Kingsway, yep. but with King Coburn and Kingsway. And he also saved a, another one, and that escapes my mind at the moment. He had one put past him by Calvin Whitney in that, in that catch-up game. Um, but you're doing all right if you're saving more than you're conceding. Oh, four four out of five. He <laughs> saved one from David Ninkovic against yeah. Perth as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of David Ninkovic, have you seen his free kick goal? I have, actually. It was oh, very nice. Absolutely delicious. It was the, the amount of, so he's, he's, it was about 22, 23 yards out, uh, slightly to the left of uh, James oh. Bosdett's goal as he's looking at it. And the way he – there's so, people talk – they always talk about the being able to it's get – too enough, close to get over yeah, and – to get over and under. He got so much whip on yeah. it that it went over and under and actually bounced into the side. Netting. It was in, like, the bottom corner. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, people at the Inglewood game were asking us after because they saw the Perth result, and they were like – Oh, I don't know what's going on because they, yeah, they obviously played Perth a few weeks before that. And they were like, oh, I don't know what, what's going on. And I was like, man, that Ninkovic guy, mm. like you watch him, he's changed that team. Did they yeah, say so come, as well? No, no, that was me talking. Oh, to them. Yeah, was, that's like, all he was talking about on Saturday was this Ninkovic. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. Sean, Sean wanted to talk about the Coburn game, and I was like, I don't care about Coburn. <laughs> also, a big shout-out to Hassani Sinclair, who got on a, a score sheet as well. Um, you're and, a an bit, assist, yeah. and, and an assist. And you're a little bit harsh on, on Bosnett there, Sean, saying that he should have saved it, but I thought he had no chance for that one. I don't think I said that, did I? You did. Oh, no, I said because it's Bos that I'll say he should have saved it. That's, <laughs> that's what I said. I didn't say he should have saved it. I said because it's Bosie, I'll say that. Um, but no, that, the, the thing that annoyed me about that one was it just reminded me of, of a lot of those um, – because basically he's running towards goal and the ball's coming in the same direction he's running, almost at the same angle. And to to time that shot, it's a sort of shot you used to be able to take on FIFA where you'd you'd be able to score and you'd just be like, that's you shouldn't be able to score because you can't hit the ball when it's running the same direction yeah. as you. And so, so the timing on that, I, I think that's, yeah, it, it was a, a stunning strike. It's, and probably not one that if you don't watch a lot of football, you, you think was that special, but the technique and the timing of it was. Oh, that's was the, the last one, Jeremy Mbach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, yeah, another good one as well. In all seriousness, it's been really impressive from Perth considering where they've they've come from. We were very worried um, about them before Danny Hay came in, but he, he's done a really good job there just to sort of not just steady the ship, but really put them in this, into a position where they're fourth and they're going to be full of confidence. Yeah. And as Josh said, they've they've got match winners um, who, who are very good enough on their day to, to pose the likes of, of Sterling and, and Kingsway and, and even potentially Red Star a, a problem. So um, it's going to be a fascinating watch. That was a really good result for them at the weekend, 3-0 against Sterling um, at Macedonia Park. And um, look, they're obviously the favourites to finish fourth now. Um, we'd hate to be putting the moz on them now by praising them. Um, but um, yeah, I, th- I think regardless of what happens in the final round, there's plenty for them to build on going into next season. They've definitely found themselves again. They could finish five points off top. Uh, okay. So yeah, and a big congratulations. You've already said Armadale as well. Perth and Armadale, big yeah, congrats on the way they've turned around this season. Um, it's it's very impressive after the lean stretches they went through. Uh, so, I think we move on to the 
disgrace. Oh, of before a- you do, big shout out to this. <laughs> two, 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 two big results. Obviously, Sorrento got the, the three points um, against Olympic Kingsway. Gustavo Maralanda with the, with the goal as well. Um, and then we haven't mentioned them, but Florent got a big time 3 0 win to put themselves yes. into this position to be playing for the last day. Um, lovely goal by um, McManus, as, as all good right backs marauded into the box and scored himself a tap in. What's, he, what's your right back doing there? I don't know, but uh, but more more power to that. Ambrosio no, came back, it's, scored it's not, a goal. It's okay to and, have fullbacks uh, that can get up and down the pitch, Shalici. Yeah. But stay on the outside, because we're not talented enough to go on the inside, mate. Not all of us are that talented. Not all of you are, no. Not all of us are that talented. Sean is. And, um, Palmer's and, goal was And better. Palmer's goal, that's what I was, I was getting Oh, at. yeah. As you, you, you loved yeah. it so much, Sean. I don't know what the what the phrase you said. Oh, I just said it was a, 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 a Palmer... Palmer special. Palmer special. I don't think, uh, yeah, absolutely. And it was. Uh, and any, now. Anything else anyone wants to touch on on this weekend's action? Okay, let's dive in to the disgrace of the ECU camp. Oh, sorry, the disgrace of Gijon. The disgrace uh, of Lark Hill. Cause I, yeah, because I hadn't, hadn't heard of, oh, sorry, it was uh, Lark Hill, yeah. So tell us about the disgrace of Lark Hill. Well, more importantly, tell us about the disgrace of Gijon, because you brought this up and I hadn't heard about it, but a famous, famous footballing match, Josh. Is, is it Hihon, by the way? He, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We can get Jim Webb in too. Oh, uh, so well, I'm the yeah. So uh, no one's corrected me yet, so I just kept saying it. But the um, so you know how every game, like at the end of a World Cup tournament or or a, a tournament or at the end of a league season, is played at the exact same time, right? Yep. Didn't used to be the case. The reason it happens now is because uh, Algeria were in the box seat to go through. I think um, uh, you know they needed almost every. Almost every result that could happen in the group game in the 1982 World Cup in Spain between West Germany and Austria would have sent Algeria through to the knockout stages for the first time. Um, but there was like only a specific result, which I think was maybe West Germany winning 1-0 would have, would have sent them through. So they've scored the goal in the first 10 minutes. The two teams then stand off each other. Obviously, countries that, that were at one point very close to each other, Austria and uh, and. Uh, West Germany. Um, history. <laughs> history. Old friends. You, you can look that up yourself. Anschluss, uh, I believe, is the word. Um, I wasn't talking about that, Kalichi, please. Uh, that so, was a unification. <laughs> That's what it was called. Anschluss. But, but, so, so, so basically, the, the goal gets scored in the first 10 minutes. It's the exact score line they need for both Austria and West Germany to go through. And they then stand off each other and pass the ball around for 80 straight minutes with the fans howling booing and it became this this almost an international incident like it was but you but you paper. said that that it had something to do with the other you so you're saying the other results didn't matter like in this case so playing all the like the, if it was just this one nil result they yeah oh, so, the results that had already been played yeah yeah, yeah so yeah so the yeah. thing was every game in the group had already been played so they knew exactly, so they knew exactly yeah. the scoreline that would get both of the teams through that were playing that game integrity of the league fifa come on it's almost like they don't know what they're doing so yeah how does this relate to lark hill though sean well well tommy said he was uh he was standing up for the last five minutes yelling boo <laughs> boo this is a disgrace what happened tommy it was- it was a very strange final 10 to 15 minutes to commentate on because it was actually a really open first half. Both teams had chances. Glory hit the, po- the frame of the goal twice. Red Star, Daryl Nickel very uncharacteristically putting over the bar and and Andy Higgins um, forced the goalkeeper in a good save as well. But Big time then, save from Rocket as well to deny Benny. Yeah, absolutely. And then it was very strange because Red Star obviously knew that Sterling were losing 3-0 against Perth and 
Glory were well aware of what was going on elsewhere, i.e. Coburn. New a point was very big for them. Florida winning. And the, the point, um, it was a little bit more riskier for the Glory um, in a sense, but the point was a good result for them and essentially a bonus point against the league leaders. And that was actually Glory's first clean sheet of the season as well. So <laughs> certainly a um, certainly a handy time for them to get against it. Against top of the table league winning Red Star. But it was just very strange because um, we had a situation where you'd have like Kayla Majekadumi and Shade Stewart, the two centre-backs of Glory, and Joe Ford, who was a, a half-time substitute at right back, just essentially passing the ball center, among Center, passes to fullback, passes to center. <laughs> a little center bit like Simpsons it, episode, holds it, yeah. Holds it. A Simpsons episode. I think um, that ends in a riot, that episode. <laughs> yeah, well, there was no riot at Lark Hill, I can tell you that. Um, I got out of the ground nice safely. Change. But, um, but um, yeah, it was just very strange because um, you had um, Glory unsure because their, their instinct is to attack, as we sort of touched on a little bit early. So they were sort of like, what do we do here? Daniel Benny's got his hand up saying, I'm in space. Play me through, play me through. <laughs> and, and then Red Star got the ball back and you could just hear Callum Salmon on the touchline saying, keep the ball, keep the ball. And uh, it was just all very, very strange. And then in the end, um, you can actually see a little bit of the end of it. If you check out the Football West socials and look at the goal highlights for the week, you just see a little snippet at the end of it. Um, where where Majekadumi is just sort of very casually strolling out with the ball, and then I sort of he's close to the halfway the line. It's it's like the end of a basketball game, you know, like when one team can't uh, yeah, win, yeah, yeah. they just dribble it dribbling out. it out. Yeah, but yeah. That, if you, but that was essentially. I'd say 14 of the last 15 minutes was that sort of style of passage of play. So and if you, if you really want to go and see it, you don't just have to check that video. You can probably just go watch the replay on streamer and watch the whole 15 minutes in in all its glory no, time. Would you recommend that? I wouldn't recommend that because it's <laughs> you're not going to see any goals. I can spoiler alert. But, um, sure, do you know what happened there, mate? That was the first incidence of nil nil as plenty. <laughs> well, I said it was a I said it was a suitable stalemate on commentary because at the end of the day, Red Star didn't have to take any risk because... Yeah. The risk would have been that if they had conceded a goal and 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 kept Sterling alive and and for, from Glory's perspective they were very much well if we lose this game we're suddenly joining Balcatter on twenty six points and it and we're in a, an, a in a trickier position. The question is how long is it okay to do that for? So like like let's if if both teams knew that a draw if they knew at the start of the game that a draw would win the league for Red Star and a draw would keep Glory safe. At what point are you allowed to down tools? Is 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 twenty minutes okay? So I, I think we're saying that fifty minutes is kind of straddling the line. These fifteen minutes they did here, ten to fifteen, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, but but could, is it okay to do it for for twenty, twenty five? That you've you've got yourselves into that position by picking up enough points already. Mate, we're having, I'm having a chat with my with my direct opposition right at that, kickoff. So, yeah. Hey, mate, how's the family? There is nothing in the rule book that says either that a giraffe can't play football or that you can't just stand there and not do anything. Have a lovely afternoon minutes. chat and a walk, yeah. mate. Chat. You probably can't bring your cup of tea out, but I reckon you could go and have it on the the touchline as uh, if you went off. There's injured. no way to guarantee that what's in that bottle is actually water and not vodka. <laughs> and, and I should and I should clarify just for um, for, for serious purposes that. It wasn't exactly Majex and Stewart exchanging passes for ten or fifteen minutes. There was there was a couple more forward passes, which both sets of coaches were very unhappy with, and there were some turnovers. But the majority of the time, they were just Glory were just very content to hold on let's, to the ball. Let's just say the pressing was limited. Yeah, no, they had a, they had a low block inside their half for the first time all season. Red Star. Anyway, so so I'm guessing that Gijon or Gijon or whatever that was that's the name of the the. City? The, the city where the match took place. Oh, yeah. okay. This poor city's been well, tainted. It's probably a lovely yeah, place. Yeah, oh, yeah I was going to say, I, d- I don't know Gijon. whether it's pronounced Gijon or Gijon. All I do know is it's absolute mustard, Kalichi. 
That's Dijon, mate. And uh, with that being said, if you guys have got any more for any more before we uh, wrap this up for another week and get ready for this uh, big, big weekend coming up, uh, do it now, Kalichi. I've got two things. Uh, the first one is the Archie Ferris football fundraiser. We've got um, sent uh, a message by the good people at Yanship United uh, about a young man um, who's been taken into hospital after they found a tumour on his brain. Um, and since then, he's been in and out of surgery and remains in hospital, but is uh, fighting and giving it everything he's got. So um, the, the good club have organized a, um, a football fundraiser um, on Saturday the 26th at St. August Park in Yanchit between 12 and 6. Um, so get out there, get supporting. Um, it's always awesome when football comes together for some good things and some, um, and the fact that we can do this as a community. So yeah, get out there and support and a huge kia kaha to uh, Archie and the entire family. Um, and the second one for me is, for the love of God, vote. Go out there and vote. If you haven't, if you're a player and you're listening to this and you haven't received the link, it's probably in your group chat, which you uh, don't I check. I thought was getting political there for a second. I was worried. <laughs> get out there, get out there and vote for your player's player of the year. Remember, you cannot vote for yourself or for anyone in your team. Um, we mentioned it on the earlier part one pod, which you're probably not listening to, um, that we are trying to get as many people to come and vote. And just, again, do not vote for your team. And it's really difficult for these coaches because these players do not listen or know how to follow <laughs> instructions. So, Andreas Oliveira, I feel for you, mate. <laughs> I feel for you. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, go out and vote. Uh, vote for your players' player of the year. Don't vote for yourself or for any of your teammates. And um, that's it from me. Tommy D. Just to um, just to mention something that we saw on Perth Red Star socials earlier as well. Um, unfortunately, one of their MPL men's players, Louis Hadfield, was was the victim of a um, a random attack on Saturday evening. It was something that the club have, have posted on their socials. So obviously, from all of us, and I'm sure from many uh, people around the football community, we're, we're obviously hoping all the best for Louis in, in his recovery and, and hope to see him back on the pitch sooner rather than later. Yep, absolutely. And uh, anything more from you, greatest man? No, no. No, let's, you're done. Yeah, let's, ready, ready let's for a nap. It. Yeah, let's all right. It. Let's go home. Let's uh, wrap this up. Um, I, I will say a, a quick uh, thank you to. Uh, I did mention briefly before the remembrance for George Jarvis, um, the grandfather of, of Harry O'Brien. Uh, didn't know him personally, but a, a big thank you to everyone that uh, invited me down to that and reading through and hearing about his life. He did seem like a, a wonderful, wonderful man. So thoughts with Harry and all his uh, family, um, and and thank you again. Uh, thank you also, listeners, for yeah tuning in for plugging us in your ears or in your cars or wherever you do it. Um, I can't wait for this weekend. That's gonna be a, it's going to be an absolute banger. We will uh, be back in your ears next week. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye-bye. See you later. Be careful and be kind. <laughs>